I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello and welcome in to the Fog.net podcast. My name is Michael Swain, the Kansas beat writer for 24-7 Sports. Very excited about the podcast we have coming your way today. We are joined by Chris Anderson, who covers West Virginia for 24-7 Sports. We're going to break down West Virginia's matchup with KU football this Saturday. Kickoff time is set for 5 p.m. Central. It will be televised on ESPN Plus and Big 12 now. But Chris, for you, how's the start of your week been so far? Not bad. When you got that Thursday game, you actually still get a whole weekend in this job. So I've my season started, but my weekends have not been thrown off yet. Yep, we had a similar thing with KU playing on Friday, and I thoroughly enjoyed waking up Saturday and doing some game day and watching some of those other games. So, Chris, I want to start here. Um, For folks that maybe didn't know, West Virginia played Pitt last Thursday in the return of the Backyard Brawl, which is kind of the marquee rivalry game for West Virginia, the equivalent of, you know, the border showdown for Kansas fans. Um, West Virginia lost 38 to 31. They led by a touchdown there with under five minutes to go. And then two consecutive scores from Pitt um, ended the game. And Chris, I'm curious for you, what's the vibe like in Morgantown right now, considering, you know, the return of a really big rivalry game, one that West Virginia was in a position to win. So what's kind of the atmosphere been like around the team so far? Well, there's a lot of emotions between the team, the coaches, the fans with everything that went on with this game because this was this rivalry had been off for a few years. So to get it back kind of brought back that yeah, we hate this team and you know this is why we like college football cuz you, you sports hate these other teams and that was back. And I think fans enjoyed that. It was an amazing atmosphere. But then of course, you lose that feels terrible. It hits as hard as it does, or maybe worse. How do they won the game just in the opposite direction? And at the same time, uh, the way they lost, you know, West Virginia played really well and they're playing a pit team that was ranked 17th at the time. Uh, They're moving the ball. They're scoring. They were up 31, 24 with, like you said, about six minutes left. Uh, That was when the fourth and 
about a foot. West Virginia decided to punt. Pitt came back down and scored 92 yards. And then West Virginia was moving into position for what would have been the game-winning field goal or touchdown. Ball popped right out of a wide-open receiver's hands, right into a Pitt DB's hands, who returns at 53 yards for a touchdown. So just a brutal way to lose it. But fans are, I think, now that they've had 72 to 96 hours, have kind of realized, hey, that's a pretty good team. And maybe West Virginia is a pretty good team. So I think we're moving whatever the five stages of grief are for college football. We're, we're moving a couple stages and, and about to move forward. Definitely. And I want to ask about some of the trenches stuff, because I think for me, that was like the most fascinating part of watching that game. But for you, in terms of the preseason expectations for West Virginia, I guess, what do you expect going into the game? And what do you feel like you learned about the West Virginia team? I guess getting to watch them kind of go to battle with, like you said, a ranked pit team that I think is better than maybe people expect from the outside. It's funny because a lot of the things that I thought West Virginia could do well, they did. You know, they got JT Daniels, the five-star transfer, former five-star transfer quarterback. Um, probably the best arm talent West Virginia's had since Will Greer. Uh, you know, the stats, you're going to look at the stats and say, was he 23 of 39 for two something? You think that's not very good, mm -hmm. but he got pressured. I think it was 18 times, 20 times, whatever it was. He had guys in his face all day, still made amazing throws. Uh, according to PFF, West Virginia had five drops. The receivers did. Neil Brown said it was six. So you add those in and, and at least three of those were deep balls, you know, they're kind of, all these ifs, ands, and all that stuff, but you saw what you wanted to see from Daniels. So I knew that was going to be good. You saw a couple of plays from receiver. West Virginia's defensive line is good. Speed at linebacker. But then the two big things that were trouble. Um, West Virginia's offensive line. Again, Pitt's defensive line is great. Mm -hmm. Really great. Um, All-American coming back, an all-ACC player coming back. But then I think my biggest concern after watching this game was West Virginia's secondary, not just really in the coverage, but the tackling ability because plays that were five yards turned into 20 and 10 turned into 30. Um, they ended up with eight missed tackles on defense, which is not bad at all given the amount of opportunities, but seven of them were what PFF calls coverage missed tackles meaning they happened after a guy caught the ball so mm -hmm. you know if, if it's a running play and you miss the tackle maybe that's like a defensive lineman missing an arm tackle at the line of scrimmage and then he gets hit by a linebacker three yards down the field no big deal missed tackles and coverage that guy breaks a cornerback's tackle 20 yards downfield and next thing you know he's 40 yards downfield so it it, it was a big problem and mm -hmm. i don't see a way it's going to get better given that West Virginia has one starter out with injury, most likely another potential starter suspended for the first half because of a targeting call. Oh, yeah. And just a lot of youth back there. Oof. We'll have to get into the defense here in a second, but I want to build off what you said with JT Daniels. Cause I think from a KU fans perspective, like you look at the, the roster and you see the name and the stars and the accolades, at least kind of before college there. And you're very curious by that because like you said, West Virginia outside of Will Greer recently, not great. Like Daigie last year, not great. And uh, for you, like 
with what the offense does, and for folks that didn't watch, right, JT Daniels, 23 of 40, 214 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, if the six drops don't happen, all of a sudden you're looking at 29 of 40, and that's a, a much better clip for a quarterback. So what exactly is like West Virginia trying to do with JT Daniels and the offense uh, that they're trying to run? Like what exactly should KU fans expect from the offense and how they want JT Daniels to operate? Well, that was the first game with new offensive coordinator Graham Harrell, and I'm withholding judgment on what the offense is truly going to look like because I feel like given Pitt's defensive line and the pressure that was being put on Daggy, West Virginia's passing offense was screen pass, screen pass, screen pass, or a three-step deep fade. You know, not some long developing play for some deep pass or some mesh concept that's crossing across the whole field where you need four or five seconds before you can throw. It was just go routes, two, three step drop, chuck it. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what the offense was. I I think it'll develop more when West Virginia plays teams that don't have the defensive line that Pitt does. And, And that's why I'm reserving judgment on what this offense will truly end up being. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'll be interested to see what they do against Kansas because I think if you look at Kansas and at least the first week against Tennessee Tech, the front seven is kind of what stood out for KU and you're kind of still wondering about the defensive backfield. And I'll be interested to see how West Virginia attacks that. But I want to go to the run game too because C.J. Donaldson, I the story here is fascinating to me, right? Kind of rated and recruited as a, a tight end, or correct me if I'm wrong, maybe he wasn't recruited as a tight end, but viewed in the recruiting industry as a tight end. Comes in, seven carries, 125 yards, 17.9 yards per carry, and a touchdown. I, did you expect this from him? And I guess in terms of the run game, how much are they going to rely on that? Do you expect kind of going forward? I'll start with that last part there. I think Neil Brown touched on that today. Probably 10 to 15 touches in total throughout the game. I think maybe they don't want to anoint him, you know, this the starter even at running back or or the workhorse and start giving 20, 25 carries. Nothing like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Coming out of high school, yeah, it was – I guess you could call him a tight end. West Virginia like to call their tighter room the SUV room, like you know, sport utility vehicle, because they came in all different size and types. Some guys were used as your traditional tight end. Some were used as an H back. Some on in line. Some like a inside receiver, an H receiver is what they call it at West Virginia. Um, and Donaldson kind of fit more that ro- uh, role, the H receiver, because that's kind of what he played in high school, and then. They were trying to find different ways to get in the ball. And I think Sean Reagan, the tight ends coach, said he didn't even get two or three practices with him before they moved him to running back. And he's just such a big guy with, you know, good acceleration. And he, as Neil Brown said today, he just makes up his mind and goes. And that's all he did against Pitt. Like, I don't want to take anything away from his performance, but the offensive line in the run game was very good. And they just kind of cleared a path. They ran some zone scheme. I think he was the only running back that had a little bit of gap scheme going. But West Virginia gave him a little hole, and he just ran north-south. And it was kind of as simple as that, especially when you're 240 pounds and someone's trying to arm tackle you. So um, I'm interested to see where it develops from here. 
because he was again he was known as a pass catcher and didn't get a oh. single pass thrown his way. So how is that going to develop with this offense moving forward? Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. That's fascinating. And I want to go to the offensive line now because that's when you've mentioned watching the game. That's hard to tell. Is it a result of Pitt's defensive line being incredible and that group being obviously, you know, probably their biggest strength on defense or was the West Virginia offensive line that bad? Like, what's your read? Like, going into the season, did you think the offensive line was going to be an issue? And one week in, I guess, what are some of the the worrisome positions along the offensive line that you have? So, West Virginia returned all five starters from last season, except last season they weren't very good. So, is that uh, a good thing? Is it a bad thing? You don't really know. Um, they made one change, moving Wyatt Milam from right tackle to left tackle. He had a little bit of a rough day there. He was excellent last year as a true freshman at right tackle. Um, and then they've moved one starter off the starting line. He, he was probably the biggest culprit last year for allowing pressures. And then, of course, I think what was it? it was in the first half, maybe the second quarter, starting right guard Jordan White got hurt. So then they're shuffling guys around because the guy they had at right guard was moved to right tackle. Now he's moved back to right guard. They're bringing somebody else in. Um, so I think there was a little bit of trying to gel, especially on that right-hand side of the line, mm-hmm. um, which led to some issues. I think they got to figure out that right tackle because Doug Nestor, who started at right guard last year, they had planned, according to my sources and Coaches kind of confirmed it last offseason, planning on putting Nestor at right tackle last year, but then he broke his hand and had a huge club on that outside hand. So they kept him on the inside and did a little team thing on the right tackle, two guys rotating around before Milam took over. This year they finally decided Nestor's going to right tackle, but then that opens up questions at right guard. So – I, I don't think they have five is the problem. I think maybe mm. they have four, but I don't think they have five. And it's going to open up a spot for the defensive line somewhere. Gotcha. And for the health, for this week at least, did Neil Brown say much about his status going into this week? So for Jordan White, he said he was a probable and maybe. Um, he kind of, as far as injuries as a whole, again, we'll get the defense with Charles Woods, but – Jordan White was the only other person who played that got hurt during the game. Um, and he said he was a maybe. Um, I'm told that he's been out at practice, 
but not full contact. So we'll see how it goes. Gotcha. All right, that's a perfect segue there. Let's go to defense. Because when I was doing some preseason research, I saw that Dante Stills is still in the roster. <laughs> it's the equivalent of, you know, everyone makes fun of KU for, you know, Perry Ellis or Mitch Lightfoot. Yeah. Like, this is the equivalent of that. Because I remember in, like, 2020 writing some preview on West Virginia and writing about Dante Stills, like, being the guy. Yeah. And here we are in 2022, three seasons later, and he's still there. Um, obviously, KU fans will know him along the defensive line. But that group as a whole, it looks pretty impressive to me. Is that the biggest strength of West Virginia's defense? Yeah, absolutely. I think this might be the best defensive line for West Virginia since 2010. And that 2010 team had three NFLers, uh, you know, three NFL draft picks, actually, and um, held teams like 12 points a game. Granted, that was the old Big East, not the Big 12, but still. Um, you got Dante Stills, who, again, you mentioned uh, all Big 12 freshman all-american back uh, four years ago and then um you move over you got taj alston who's a multi-year starter on the other end jordan jefferson who started some games in the middle last year uh, he's more of a true nose type they go to edward vesteranen who got some some play last year before he got hurt he's back in there especially when they give some four-man front looks sean martin is a guy that had a sack against pitt and he's a he was a highly regarded recruit, top player out of West Virginia a couple seasons ago. So he's somebody to know. And I think, you know, every defensive line coach says, I, I want nine, I want 10, you know, guys rotating in. You're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, they had six for sure because uh, you add in Mike Lockhart, who was a starter at Georgia Tech and transferred in. And a couple guys were injured. So you could absolutely see West Virginia roll when they're healthy, if they're healthy there's a couple maybes seven or eight guys on that defensive line right now mm, wow I'm in, does that stem to the linebackers in the front seven and the reason i'm focusing on this is because for me and ku's identity it's gonna be a lot of running the football and they want to be physical they want to try and control the clock so they can stay in these games so obviously defensive line is a strength linebacker is that also a strength or is that kind of pushing it towards the weakness in the secondary I think it's up in the air. It's got some strength. Like the speed is as good as it's been mm. in a couple of years. Now, um, Neil Brown talked about some alignment issues, some gap integrity kind of issues, guys staying in their lanes, knowing where they're supposed to go. Um, you look at a guy like Lee Koba, who's now the starting Mike linebacker. He was a guy who made early contributions at Syracuse before bouncing back through junior college, ending up at West Virginia just a ton of speed, big physical specimen. And I think he led the team in tackles, but he also led the team in missed tackles because he, he's just there all the time. But he's not always in the right position, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Like he's getting to where the ball is, but um, not squared up or whatever it is. But between he and Lance Dixon, former Penn State linebacker, you got a lot of speed there. Um, the other linebacker spot, again, is a, a bandit. It's more of a edge rushing type. Uh, Jared Bartlett had a sack, a sack and a half maybe, in the pit game. Uh, we've seen games where he's been great. Last year against Virginia Tech, he had three sacks and another couple pressures. And then he didn't have another sack for the rest of the year. So hit or miss on that spot. And I think it's kind of how you feel about all three spots at linebacker for West Virginia. Mm. And let's move back to the, the secondary, obviously, because that's what you mentioned off the top being a weakness. 
obviously tackling is a thing. And I'm sure KU will try and get to that with the outside zone stuff. In terms of like the actual just coverage, is it man zone? I, you know, I don't, when I think of KU's wide receivers, I don't necessarily know if they're the type of guys that can go shake off really good man coverage. So what type of coverage should KU fans expect to see? I think you're going to see more zone. There was some talk in fall camp of, hey, we try out some man. We like this idea of man. We have the bodies. We have the speed and the length of, for some man. And I don't think it hit against Pitt. Uh, you know, I don't have the exact splits of what they ran against Pitt, but you certainly saw some man coverage out there and a couple of the big plays for Pitt and a couple of plays that could have been big that they missed were man coverage. So I think – Maybe you saw, you saw them play with fire a little bit there, and they'll draw it back in uh, and stick with a little more zone. Hmm. And going big picture now, first quarter, what are you looking for to make you feel like, all right, West Virginia on the right foot, this is a game they should kind of cruise to or win. What's kind of the thing that you'll be looking for early in the game to make you feel comfortable about the way that the, the game's trending for West Virginia? Defense, I want to see what the secondary can do tackling. Again, coverage, I think they'll figure it out, or you can put enough guys back there to make it difficult on Daniels. But the tackling is something that they just have to figure it out. And Neil Brown said he he felt it was mostly fundamentals was the issue, which might concern me even more than anything else um, because these guys are junior. You know, these are transfers. These are juniors and seniors, and they're having issues with fundamentals tackling. it's not great on the offensive side. This is going to sound oddly specific, but I'm going to be staring at Bryce Ford Wheaton. He was having an all time great game, nine catches, 97 yards, two touchdowns. Both touchdowns were 50, 50 balls where he just beat his man. Uh, he had a play earlier where Daniels got hit while he was throwing the ball, went straight up in the air, easy interception, and the pit defender was letting it come down, and Bryce Ford Wheaton sprinted about 15 yards and jumped up in the air like a basketball player and saved that drive. Um, and then he was the guy who was wide open in the fourth quarter. JT Daniels threw the ball to his hands. It bounced right through his hands, right to a pit defender that got returned for a pick six. Can he shake that off? Because, mm-hmm. again, you throw – it. it it was obviously the most important play of the game, so you can't just forget about it. But how do you bounce back from that? Because he was amazing outside of that. And I just if – if he's the leading receiver on the team, and if he can't shake that, that's going to affect the whole offense. That's a good point because he was awesome. He was yeah. awesome. So much fun to watch. And the basketball team, I think Lewis Riddick said it, but like, yeah, those guys look like basketball players. So yeah, it was a fascinating matchup. He's what they call, I mean, you see him in person and, you know, that saying that he's an Adonis. Uh, he just, you just look at him, you're like, oh my God, look at that guy. Mm. I'm fascinated because KU's corners are not that. They don't look like that. So that'd be interesting for me to see. But let's go here before I let you go, Chris. Um, I think the spread, sports gambling is legal in Kansas now. Um, so Same you, in West Virginia. So there you go. All right. So let's get some spread talk here. I think it <laughs> opened at like 13. I've seen it as high as 16. Um, I mean, I'm not going to ask you to pick a winner. I feel like that's you know more self-explanatory considering the spread. But who would you take? Fourteen. Let's say it's fourteen. Even where would you go? Uh, can I chicken out and say push? No, 
<laughs> All right. No, uh, I don't know. I think 14's high. I mean, Kansas gave West Virginia trouble last year. I think West Virginia is still working out some kinks um, right now. Uh, so, God, you get into double figures. There, there aren't many Big 12 on Big 12 matchups that I like in double figures. Um, now, the fact that this is in West Virginia, maybe, because um, I, I think I think I know what Vegas is doing. I think they know that, you know, or, or they're wondering, is Kansas as good as they looked beating mm-hmm. up on, ten- on Tennessee Tech? Is West Virginia as bad as a team that lost when they lost on the road by a fluke play to a top 20 team? Who knows? Um, if you ask me 14, I might go Kansas. I just – it's so many points. Yeah. I'm on the same page. I think – it's just a lot. And I think the way this game plays out, it's just going to be a lot of running, which uh, obviously lends itself to, to the to the under, but also, you know, it being more of a close game. But awesome, Chris. Great stuff overall. Where can KU fans find you this week if they want to read some more West Virginia stuff? Uh, you can find us over at earsports.com. That's E-E-R sports.com. You can find me on Twitter at CM Anderson 247. Awesome. Thanks a bunch, Chris, for coming on. Always appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.